0: Amen. We'll do take up your Bibles. We're going to read from the Old Testaments. We're going to have two readings this morning. Our first is from Psalm 87 of the sons of Korah. A psalm, a song. He has set his foundation on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, O city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Philistia too, and Tyre, along with Cush, and will say, this one was born in Zion. Indeed of Zion it will be said, this one and that one were born in her, and the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the peoples, this one was born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing all my fountains are in you. So, reads the word of God. Okay, we're going to read again. We're going to read from the New Testament, from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, and you can find the reading on page 1211 of the church Bibles, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning at verse 18, reading to verse 24. The writer to the Hebrews says this, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, so reads the word of god and we trust that god will add his blessing to this reading of his word please turn back if you would to our first reading um, from Psalm 87 with john not here we'll not um kick off um in this time together and um, the series on the attributes of god and um, we're going to be thinking about Psalm 87 for a few moments this morning with God's help today, what I want to do is to make us fall in love with a city. I want to make us admire, rejoice, and delight in one city over all other places on earth. I don't know if you've got a list of your favorite places on earth, but I want us to admire, rejoice, and to love one city in particular above all others this morning. Because there's something that's true in this city that isn't true in any other place on earth. And the sons of Korah, who by the Spirit of God first penned this psalm, Psalm 87, they knew it. They want us to join in this song, in this prayer. And God knows it. So it's not only the sons of Korah who love the city of God, but do you see that this is God's favored city? He delights in this city. He has a favored city among all the places of the earth, and it's this city. And the reason we're going to see that it's the most favored city is because here and only here, God makes his enemies into full citizens. Now, this city has everything to do with us at Hill Street this morning because it is not only near us, but we are within it and among it. Come with me then to Psalm 87. So the psalm divides neatly. Verses one to three, we see that Zion is the name of this most glorious city. And then verses 4 to 6, we discover the reason why. And the whole goal this morning is that we be led to verse 7. And that we also rejoice with the singers and the dancers alike. We rejoice in this city. Verse 7, all our springs, all my springs are in you. O Zion is where this sun leads to. So then verses 1 to 3, first of all, Zion is this most glorious city. So before we get the name of the city, we're told it's a mountain. Verse 1, on the holy mount stands the city he has founded. So it's on a mountain or a, a little series of hills. Verse 2, we see it's the Lord's favorite place. He loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling places of Jacob. Think of all the special places in Israel, places that have been very special over the history of Israel, the waterfalls of Engedi that David speaks of in the Psalms, Bethlehem. Think of Mount Hermon. Think of Bethel, where God met Jacob. And yet God has a favorite place and loves Zion more. And the reason is, verse 3, because there are glorious things that can be said of Zion that are not true of any other place. Now, we'll get to those, but first of all, I want us to just pause for a moment and think about what is Zion? Where is Zion? Where is Zion? Where do you find this favored place? So let's go back about 3,000 years um, to the ancient Near East, and there's a man. He's in his 30s, he's had a very difficult last 15 years. He's a warrior, and he has just united the tribes of Israel, and it's King David. And he has arrived with his army, all his military men, to take a citadel. The citadel is situated on a little mount, little hill and the name of that place is Jebus it's going to become much more famous and well known and by its other name Jerusalem and the inhabitants in that city are the Jebusites and in that little hilly stronghold they're so confident of repelling the attack that they send out a message and they say look we could defend this city with our blind and lame against you. That's the kind of chances you've got of taking this. Well, David looks down his line of military men, and he says, okay, the first one to go up and attack the citadel, you will automatically become my commander. And Joab steps forward. He strikes the first blow. The army follow They attack, and they take that citadel. Joab becomes the commander of the army. David and his men, they take this little citadel, and David then lives in it. Hence, it gets called the city of David, and the name of it is Zion. The name of it is Zion. So that is Zion, a little hilly stronghold, part of Jerusalem. But it quickly became more than that. So notice verse 3. Do you see what it's called? It's not called there, the city of David. It's called the city of God. And in our New Testament reading that we just read from the book of Hebrews, We found there that Mount Zion, the writer said Mount Zion, is the name that God gives to the heavenly assembly of all the angels and all the saints, that's his people, the church in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22, it's called the city of the living God. So that is Zion, that little hilly stronghold in Jerusalem. That is Zion, the heavenly Church, the church in heaven, the church triumphant, that is Mount Zion. But there's something else, because in the same reading from Hebrews, remember it was a letter, is a letter to Christians, to the church on earth, to us. And the writer says, You, we have come to Mount Zion. Perhaps it's particularly obvious when Christians are gathered in public worship, like this, that we have come to Mount Zion. Joining the church in heaven is the church on Earth. It means that, that here, Hill Street, is one of the gates of Zion. The church on earth is Zion. So that is Zion, that is Zion, and this is also Zion, the place that is most favored by the Lord, the place he loves more than all the dwelling places on earth. Why does he love it like this? What are the glories that are spoken of about Zion? Well, this is in verses 4 to 6. We see this. Verses 4 to 6. And the reason is because here and only here in Zion has the Lord made his enemies full citizens. Have a look with me to uh, verses 3 through to nearly the end of verse 5. The Lord Himself gives us this little tour of His city, and what does He give us? He gives us a roll call of His citizens. Whose name does He call out first? Rahab. Now, not to be confused with Rahab, the prostitute at the beginning of the book of Joshua, this is a nickname for a nation. It's a nickname that the Bible gives for Egypt. This is Egypt, the arch enemy of Israel, whose pride, particularly in their war machine, the horse and his rider, it was known across the ancient world, proud Egypt, Rahab. Next on the roll call, Babel, Babylon. Now at this time, around the time when Sam 87, and was gathered together with these other psalms, Babylon had just burned the walls of Jerusalem to the ground and carried off her people into exile, or it's just after that moment. But Babylon is the great, proud, arch enemy of God and his people. What about the next name in the roll call? Philistia, the pantomime villain of Old Testament history that have plagued Israel all down the generations. Think of Goliath. Think of all the wars, the long years that David had to fight against the Philistines, the years in which they opposed Israel so proudly, trying to defy the Lord. Philistia is the next name in the roll call. Then we get Tyre, less well-known seafarers there on the coast. Everyone trades with Tyre, and Tyre becomes rich through that whole trade, and the book of Ezekiel says that Tyre and its king was known for its pride. Proud king of Tyre would say, Ezekiel 28, I'm a god, I sit in the heart of the seas. So this is our roll call in Zion, and then finally Cush, probably Nubia, Ethiopia, known for their pride in Scripture. And so these proud nations, their name is called out in the roll call of Zion and the proud have become humbled. And notice the refrain that's mentioned three times in verse 4, verse 5, verse 6. Look what's said of these nations. This one was born here. This one was born there. Verse 5, this one and that one were born in Zion verse 6. This one was born there. Now, now we understand this because it's, it's still very common. It's not the same with every country, but it's very common that if you're born in a place that that's either automatically gives you citizenship or it gives you a foot up um, into citizenship, it gives you those birth rights. We, we understand that in, in, in some sense across various countries of the world. But the point is here is that they are full citizens of Zion, That statement, this one was born here, they have full rights among Zion, among the people of God. Zion has become their birth mother. Zion is the mother of peoples. The church is the mother of nations. That's what this verse says. Now, there is no city in the world. There is no empire on earth. There's no kingdom that's ever been that can turn her enemies into full citizens. Babylon could lay siege to your city. Babylon could carry you off. Babylon could indoctrinate you and force you to go through their education system. Babylon could change your name. But Babylon could not make you into a full citizen. The people of Israel still sang, didn't they, of Zion, even when they were in Babylon. But God subdues his enemies in Psalm 87, by turning them into full citizens. This one was born here. Rahab, Babel, Philistia, Tyre. This one was born there. Well, hold on. What about all the, what about the pharaohs? What about you know, the plagues in Egypt? What about um, the defiant rebellion against God? And the Lord says, Rahab was born there. What about Babylon? What about all the history? So raw and fresh from the exile, God says this one was born there. What about Goliath, Gath, all the Philistines, God says this one was born there. So this then is is the glorious thing. These are the glories of the city of Zion, the birth register. The register of births because it tells how the Lord and only the Lord has brought the proud low, how he has made the wicked holy, and how he has justified the ungodly. These are the glories of which the singers sing in verse 7. Now, for the rest of our time this morning, what I'd like to do is spend a few moments thinking about what this means for us, how we are to be brought to the point of joining in the song of verse 7. I want us to think about several things and move through them quite briskly. And first of all, I want us to think about how we understand the glory of the gates of Zion. Think about her citizens. So how do we get the glory of Zion? This psalm says, think about her citizens. I don't know what you think of when you think about the the church on earth. Do you see only buildings? Numbers of people, whether they be small or large? Weaknesses, mistakes, frustrations, maybe tensions, failings, slow progress. Psalm 87 says that in our midst, among us, in each other, are miracles which the greatest empire on earth could not perform. Sitting next to us are examples of feats of strength which the strongest emperors could not hope to do. Because around us, in each other, are the proud, humbled, the wicked made holy, and the ungodly justified. The church father, Augustine, uh, fourth century, writing in the fourth century in his late middle age, sitting down to write, a great book, "The City of God," and reflecting on the city of God and the city of man, and at the very beginning, he wrote these words: "I know," he said. How great is the effort needed to convince the proud of the power and the excellence of humility. It takes strength, only the Lord has, to make the proud humble. And it's only in Zion that that happens. Only there are the proud brought low. And so the Lord declares over us, this one was born there. This one and this one was born here. In the gates of Zion. So among the glories that the psalmist sings about that the Lord delights in, let us remember it is those sitting next to us that speak also of this glory. So as we admire next, as we admire Zion, as we rejoice in Zion, let us rejoice at the mystery of this full citizenship. It's a mysterious refrain, isn't it, to say this one was born here, to say to Rahab, this one was born there, but you weren't. Babel, this one was born there, but you weren't. Philistia, this one was born here, but you weren't. You're an invader, an arch enemy, and yet a full citizen. It is mysterious. All of us, we were born in Adam, the city of man, not of God. And yet the Lord registers us. This one was born here. This one was born here. This is true of the smallest taught among us, through to the oldest saint among us. We are brothers and sisters together, we are children of the living God, and here in Psalm 87, we are full citizens. The Lord says, This one was born here. It means that we all have Zion as our mother. We're all born in her. This city brought us to birth. So rejoice. At the mystery of your full citizenship and mine. Now, as we press that mystery, we see something else. It's not made explicit in the Psalm, but assumed that this mysterious register has behind it God's mercy. Let's rejoice in the mercy of God's register of births. So, if we press how it is that Rahab. Babel, Philistia, how we, how the nations are registered as full citizens in God's city, it's because through this city flows a river of life, and it is a river of blood. It's the blood of the Lord Jesus. That's how it can be said of these enemies, this one was born here, because of Jesus, who suffered that reproach and death for us outside the city. So rejoice at the mercy of God's register. We, through grace, are members of this city, through grace. But then rejoice at the church as she is already. Rejoice at how Zion is now. It's really easy. For some of the reasons we were talking about earlier, the things we look at, um, buildings and people and difficulties and weakness, it's really easy to underestimate the church on earth. And I mean not just a local congregation, I mean the church spread across the whole earth. Sometimes we act as if it's not the case that empires and nations have been brought into her midst. But Psalm 87 is also giving us a a script for how we read history think of Rome. Think of Rome. Since the scriptures were written and the scriptures closed, Rome, that great persecutor, what has happened since? Well, Rome became, in the fourth century, a Christian empire. Rome, that great persecutor of the church, that Roman empire that had put to death so many thousands of Christians, this one was born here. Rejoice at the church that is already becoming the mother of the nations. Now, finally, I want to say that we are to rejoice not just at the church that is, but at the church that is to come. You see, this is in many ways a strange psalm to sing at this point in history. Because at the time they first sang this, at the time the sons of Korah penned this, it was only a distant hope. It wasn't a reality. It was a little province in a world system that would threaten to swallow them up. That's how it felt to be in Judah in those days. And maybe in today's climate, maybe in the face of the the pride movements that looks to have marched through so many of our public institutions, forces trying to tear down the roots of Western civilization, will Zion win? Yes, Zion wins. The church on earth wins. Zion is the mother of peoples, which means that the nations around us, and there's some among the congregation who are amongst the nations at the moment in, um, in summer trips and events, the nations are so much raw material that Zion will bring in that's what Psalm 87 says so boldly. The nations will be registered as citizens. So, so don't let's look at the, the difficult life in the season of the Christian church in our land, say, and despair. Psalm 87 says that history is the story of God adding the nations to his register in his favored city, Zion, the city of God, the church on earth with the church in heaven. And at the root of that success, that guarantee is verse 5. It's all because the Lord has established her. He has decided that she will win, so she will. He has purposed that she will become the mother of the nations and the peoples, and so she will. And so this morning... Let us lift up our hearts to the Lord with these singers and the dancers of verse 7 because we are the proud, humbled. We are the ungodly, justified. We are the wicked, made holy. We, together with the nations, we can sing of these glorious things that are true only of Zion. Verse 7, the singers and dancers alike say, all my springs are in you, Zion. Let's bow our heads and be quiet for a moment.